and welcome to season three, episode four of the Big Hat the Back podcast. We're still here, we're still hanging on, and the world is worse for us. Matt, how are you feeling after our escapades watching England absolutely crush the useless Wales? I mean, I do feel sorry for... No, I don't. That's an absolute lie. No, we do not feel sorry for them. They deserve it. Yeah, they do. Especially your wife. She's the worst one of them all. Um, Not just because she's Welsh, but because she's the size of a whale. Um... (laughs) Oh, unnecessary. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, that was very unnecessary. But I'm all right. It's... It's sunny out, it's cold, but I've got my cup of tea and we get to talk about the World Cup even more. Yeah, absolutely. And the beauty of having so many games every day is there's so much to talk about. I feel like just screaming, there's so much room for activities in here. Um, But lots of games to go through, including the absolute carnage from Group C yesterday. Um, and some nice surprises as well. Always good to see things not going exactly as you'd expect. I feel like when you're watching the Champions League in the group stages, you know exactly who's going to go through. You can look at every group and say this team and this team, and 99% of the time you're going to be right. Um, not just Barcelona. Because, yeah, not Barcelona. <laughs> with the World Cup, it feels like because the teams don't play together all the time, because they are a bit of a jumbled mess, it does serve up some lovely surprises. So I'm really, really enjoying it so far. Yeah, it has been. There's been some, I'd say a mixed bag. Like there's been, when a game's been bad, it's been really bad. Um, There's been a lot of boring games. But like I say, I think that's due to coaches focusing on the defence rather than attack when they haven't had long to prepare. But we've had in the last week, we've had some really good games like the mm. carnage, like in um, the Cameroon and Ghana games, um, late like mm. they late last week, early this week. I completely wait. What day even is it now? I'm completely I'm lost that. track of time. Uh, <laughs> the Cameroon Serbia game was that Sunday or Monday? That was Monday, and that's my favourite game so far in the World Cup. Yeah, that was Absolute that was great. Chaos. I had such a great time watching it and that was followed up straight away by South Korea Ghana which was again a very good game um so yeah it has but then we've had some absolute shockers as well but it's good to focus on the the entertaining and positive games yeah and I think there is a theme that's starting to come through with this World Cup the players we're really really getting to see a lot of and getting excited about are the very young players that are just coming through so you think of Spain the likes of Pedri and Gabi you think of uh, the Netherlands, the likes of Gakpo, a lot of the old guards, uh, I say that in quotation marks, haven't really been performing as well as they normally would have. You think of Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi, it's that they're, they're there or thereabouts, but the, they're not really being sung as much as the Spanish new Javi and Iniesta, uh, Mbappe for France. A lot of the newer players are coming through and really making a big impact. Yeah, I think the only one of the big names that's really maybe not met expectations but has done well with Messi and he's picked a couple of goals and he has looked good but he has also missed a penalty yesterday which Wojciech Szczesny man two penalty saves in two games what a guy Um, but yeah Ronaldo hasn't lived up to expectations despite the fact that he will do his best to claim that goal which he didn't touch Um, touch. you add in like Suarez and Cavani at Uruguay who've been underperforming as well 
Um, I know Croatia have got a result, but I feel like Modric hasn't been putting the strings like he has been. Obviously, it's his last hurrah in a World Cup, you'd imagine, at 37 now, I think. So he might get the next Euros, maybe, but that's unlikely even then. Yeah, I actually think a lot of the old guard are being moved on and aren't looking nearly as good as they did even two years ago, the Euros. Um, and that can probably be said for Germany as well. Looking at them, if you look at a team starting Thomas Müller, then, you know, uh, how many World Cups has he started now? It seems like it's 12th. Yeah, but how is he only 33? I'm sure he should be at least 43 by now. But if you look at it in the modern game, the age of 33, it's not like these players are going out drinking every night and be like treating their bodies like rubbish. They're actually really, really fit. So if you look at a lot of these quote unquote old players, you will tend, a lot of them have been disappointing despite the fact that they should probably still be in their peak years. Look at Wales, uh, Bale, Ramsey, and Joe Allen of 33, 32, and 31. And all of them looked absolutely shockingly bad against us. And that's the same for a lot of these players. So I think it's, I think the young talent coming through is a lot more exciting to watch at the moment. Yeah, and I think younger players are given more of a chance nowadays as well. Mm. If you look at bygone eras, uh, managers were too over-reliant on their sort of set stars and they weren't willing to give you give youth a chance. Um, even if you go back as far as like the class of 92 at Man United and uh, was it Lauro saying you'll never win anything with kids? Yeah. Like that was the that was the mindset back then. But now more and more you're getting like, like you say, Pedri and Gavi coming through um, with England. You've got the likes of Bellingham and Foden and Sacco who are all very young and coming in and making a name for themselves. So um, it's definitely more exciting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, completely agree. Shall we look at some of the games then? Because we, the one I really want to start on is Monday's game. We've mentioned it already, but uh, that Serbia-Cameroon game was a hot mess of glory. I loved every second of it. Chaos, carnage, Serbia looking like they had it in the bag, then Cameroon rallying. Oh, it was just an epic football match. I had a really, really great time watching it. Uh, all of the attacking players looked great. All of the defensive players looked terrible. Apart from Castelletto, who got a goal. Um, but there you go. No, it was... I mean, Serbia will be kicking themselves for throwing that away because yeah. they were in such a strong position um, with a two-goal lead. And then to concede, was it, what, two in three or four minutes? Mm. Um, I mean, credit where it's due, though. Um, Abubakar's finish. Um, the little dink over mm. the keeper, like running through just onside as well. Would he have done that finish if he had known he was onside? I don't think so. I think it's because he thought he was offside. He just tried that finish. And then it turns out he was on. So it's an awesome goal. I think if he'd have thought he was onside, he would have gone for something safer. Yeah, no, you're probably right, to be fair. I don't think... Yeah, I mean, maybe he has just got balls of steel and he would have done it regardless. <laughs> but... It, yeah, it obviously worked out. I mean, Serbia got punished for playing the high line twice with both mm -hmm. of those goals because the second goal was similar. A high line got in behind and this time it was um, uh, just a, an easy ball across the box to, for, a, for a tap into an open goal. But I don't know, like if, if they'd have won that game, Serbia would be like on three points. Now they're currently sat on one. So they've got to go out and beat Switzerland tomorrow. That game is tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so if they don't, get three points there, then their chances of qualification are gone. 
Um, against a Switzerland side that have looked all right, but I'm still not convinced. I would still probably make Serbia the favourites in a one-on-one, like just like a one-off game between the two. I just think they've got more talent with your likes of Mitrovic, Milinkovic, Savic, Jovic. Like there are good players in that side, whereas Switzerland, I feel like, are greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah, but that's why I prefer Switzerland. I think Serbia have some fantastic players. Uh, Milinkovic, Savic looks really good as well. Um, but I think Switzerland... If you look, they're not that far behind in terms of talent, and they are a team that just play wonderfully together. So I'm probably going to give Switzerland the edge. I'll be interested to see how that game goes. Um, the some... other thing I will say about that game, and it's, it's something we've seen in a couple of other games, um, Switzerland know they only need a point in all probability because it's very unlikely that Cameroon beat Brazil. So Switzerland know they only need a point whereas Serbia needs, no, they need to go out and win. And we had the same situation with the um, Ecuador, um, who did they play the other day? Senegal game. Um, Ecuador needed a point, Senegal needed three. Because that Ecuador sort of sat back and defended a lot deeper and didn't really go out going for the game, they knew they only needed the point, which obviously cost them in the end. So Switzerland yeah. have got to not be that negative. They need to go out, look for the win. Um, because if you do just try and claim your point, then you can easily be gotten at. There's no way Granit Xhaka sits back and plays defensively. Like that, that guy just doesn't know how to sit in a midfield role. He uh, just kicks. Yeah, he just kicks and runs. Um, no, I'm really looking forward to that match. Brazil beating Switzerland, uh, they, they were good. Like, I, I don't like admitting it because I don't like Brazil very much, but they were good. And I think without Neymar, it just proves how good they really are. Um, they're through... I think Brazil are one of the teams I'd be really worried about England facing if we come up against them. Um, yeah, but, definitely. Actually, that, that's a nice segue. In terms of the teams at the moment, I think there's four clear favourites, and that's Brazil, Argentina, France, and Spain, as it stands. So those four are the clear four top of the running order. I would probably have Spain at the top, and then France, then Brazil, then Argentina, just in terms of who I've been most impressed with. And what, what's your perspective? Is there anyone else you'd throw in there as a, a different ordering? England, obviously. That's um, I think I'd actually rank England around the same as Portugal because I don't think we've transitioned the ball very well from that midfield into attack or from that defence into attack. I think you're going to slap me for saying it, but we're missing someone like Trent who is the master of that transition quickly up the pitch because we haven't really got anyone playing in between the lines. You could argue Sterling maybe can do it very well, but he hasn't been so far. So I, I think we're just missing something. Um, we haven't really been... Maybe we'll step up when we're testing get tested against good opposition, but I think we're just missing something at the moment that those four teams have. I think it'll be interesting to see as we get further into this tournament and we play teams that are better. So say we get through to the quarters and we face France, um, will will we be better without as much possession? Um, if we can get, say, Rice and whoever's going to play alongside him to win balls back. We saw it in the Wales game, which almost, when Rashford um, had that one-on-one, -on -one, it was from a quick win of the ball in midfield, a pass to Kane through to Rashford. It was like very quick. If we can do that against teams as we go in th further in the tournament, then we've definitely got a chance because... Our problem always has been breaking teams down when we've got a lot of the ball. Um, that creativity is a bit lacking sometimes. Um, but if we can get in behind a team that's playing higher up like France, then we, then we, I feel like we've got a better chance. Um, but obviously keeping them out is a slightly trickier 
um, kettle of fish. But um, yeah, I think. Let's talk about Senegal because I think that we're playing them on Sunday. That's a really a very tough game, and they are going to be right up for it. They don't have Mane, which is thank God, but African champions have got quite a lot of good players there. Uh, you forget how good some of them are, like Kudabali plays for them. Uh, and I think they can provide a really tough test for us, and they're going to go into it thinking we've got a really good shot of winning this. I'd probably give England maybe a 60-40 shot of winning, but it's not guaranteed by any means because they're much better than the three teams we've played so far. I think, yeah, they're like missing Mane is obviously big for them. They can definitely be gotten out wide. Like, they got Ismail, Sh- Ismail Asar on one wing who, yeah, he's a good player, but it, it, is he going to put in the defensive work that's needed against a team like England? Um, I feel like most of their strength is through the middle um, with... Koulibaly at centre-back, Idrissa Gay, um, Dia as well up top um, is obviously their main attacking outlet and he's grabbed a couple of goals so far. Might have just been the one I can't actually remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I think like Koulibaly can be gotten at and we just need to hope that Edouard Mendy is the Edouard Mendy that played against Netherlands that turns up against England because he mm. is obviously at times a liability and a mistake waiting to happen. So... Yeah, I, I'm confident that we get past them. I think it'll be a scrappy game. I think it will be cagey, tight. Like, it could be the sort of one where we, we get a goal in the second half like we did um, against Wales. And then obviously they have to come at us a little bit more. So it could you could then get a second on the counter. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's probably most likely. But um, how do you think, obviously, for, Southgate made four changes um, to the team on Monday night. How do you see him going uh, on Sunday? Because we saw Henderson, Walker, um, Foden and Rashford come in. Do you see those four keeping their places or do you see any others coming back in, a change in formation? I mean, I don't think we change formation. I think we'll play four at the back now because if we were going to play five at the back in this tournament, we would have done it in the Wales game um, just to get the players used to it, get them into the flow. But I, I'm... I would actually think that against Senegal in preparation for the game afterwards, we would need to start Walker because if if you look at France, uh, assuming we get to the quarterfinals, Mbappe is out on the left. We have the perfect counter to Mbappe in Carl Walker. Like he's faster, he's stronger, he's positionally experienced he knows what he's doing I think Carl Walker is the perfect remedy to Kylian Mbappe um, so I think with that in mind we need him we need Walker getting the game time and starting against Senegal what that means to me is you have Trippier at left back and Shaw drops out uh, would be my perspective I don't think Shaw's had a bad tournament well he was shot against Iran but in terms of I just think Trippier provides that bit more regardless of which side he plays I also think Rashford has to start over Saka. And I I would I would still have Phil Foden, honestly. I think Phil Foden on one side, Rashford on the other. I know Southgate loves Sterling, but I think Foden proves in that Wales game he's better than Sterling. So I really do think we need to be starting Phil Foden over Raheem Sterling and Rashford over Saka, despite Saka playing brilliantly in that first game. No, I, I agree with you on all those points, to be honest with you. Uh, the thing I like with Trippier as well is he, he gives you so much more with set pieces than anyone else in our team. Like his free kick and corner delivery 
Um, I think uh, overall our set pieces against Wales were fairly poor. Um, well, Rashford which, had a great free kick. Yeah, I, I mean more like balls into the box yeah. rather than actual shots on goal. So, and we have got so much strength in in the box with Maguire, with Stones, with Kane. Um, there's no reason that we shouldn't be looking to make the most out of our set pieces. Like we did the last World Cup, the reason we basically got to the semi-finals was on the back of the strength of our set pieces. So if we can get someone in like Trippier, who is obviously very talented with a set piece, then I would like to get him in the side. Um, the only counterpoint to that is obviously it's often good to have a left-footed player at left-back. Um, defensively showing a winger down the line, you're on your stronger foot. And also on the overlap, it's better to be able to whip balls in first time. But it's not as though we're putting many balls into the box from open play. So, I actually think we've got two of the best crossers of the ball in the game at the moment in our squad. Both of them are right backs, though, which does happen. Yeah. <laughs> so in Trent and Trippier, so it's a little frustrating. But I agree. And I actually think if you had Trippier on a pitch at left back, he'd still be able to provide a lot more. The alternative is perhaps playing Walker as right centre-back, moving Stones across to left. But then Maguire's been playing, apart from that Iran game, he's been playing reasonably well. So uh, I'm disappointed. I'd be disappointed to drop uh, Bukayo Saka, but I think Rashford's earned his start. Um, and then have Saka come on as maybe an impact sub would be my thinking. Um, for that Senegal game, at least. What would... You, what do you think is going to happen for the... Well, actually, let's talk about some of the other games because Group C, absolute carnage. Um, it ended up with Argentina beating Poland to go through and topping the group. Poland's coming second, so a really nice, easy draw of France in the next round with them. And they were, they were just playing complete anti-football, Poland's were. They didn't go out to win the game. They went out to just piss Argentina off. And Argentina had about a million shots in this game and were just a much, much better side. So I can't see Poland getting any kind of success against France. What about you? They didn't lay a glove on Argentina, did they? They were, like you say, they didn't go out there with any intention of getting anything out of that game. They were just hoping that other results would go their way, which luckily they did. Um, obviously, it was all a little bit mad throughout the game as we were... At one point, it was down to well, it was down to yellow cards um, up until that late Saudi Arabia goal that was going to see uh, Poland through. So Lewandowski basically barely had a touch of the ball. He was isolated for almost the entirety of the first half, and they were very lucky that Argentina didn't get a third on more than one occasion. Obviously, Chesney saved a penalty, which never should have been a penalty in the first place. Um, but then um, Argentina had a shot cleared off the line as well. Um, it easily could have been four, five, six nil by the end of that game. So I can see France absolutely crushing them. So get your money on a Poland win. Yeah, I totally agree. Everything on Poland to win to nil. Um, <laughs> I thought Mexico can consider themselves unlucky. Look, this is a bad Mexico side. They are a tournament team, but this is a very bad Mexico side considering what we've seen in previous World Cups. But I think four points, they can consider themselves unlucky to have not gone through with that. Yeah, definitely. And they are the specialists at getting through to the last 16. Um, I think it's something like the last six or seven tournaments they've got through to the last 16 and gone out in the last 16. Um, so they'll be very disappointed. Uh, it's the end of their manager's reign. He said as in his post-match interview, as soon as that full-time whistle went, his contract was over. Um, so, yeah, they're in that sort of transitional phase with that team at the moment. Ochoa will be out by the next 
tournament. I think that's his fourth or fifth World Cup. Um, yeah. He only played in the last two and this one, but he was in squads for ones before that when he was younger. Um, obviously, they've got talented players in there, like Lozano, um, Raul Jimenez, if he's ever fit. Um, but you just feel like they haven't really got a strong enough base to build off um, sort of through the centre of the centre of the pitch. Right. And they're putting all their eggs in that 2026 when they host with uh, the US and Canada as well. I think that's yeah. where their big focus is, just building up and building for 26. Um, but shame to see them go out and to see Poland go through after that game. I would have been glad if Poland had gone. Um, group D, with probably the biggest surprise of the tournament so far, as France win the group, but Australia beat Denmark and go through with two wins from... I mean, I think I and everyone else was writing Australia off in this tournament, but they have got through to the last 16. So really, really impressed that they've managed to get through. And they've got a nice, easy game against Argentina next. Yeah, you can... Like, it's obviously very easy to say that they'll absolutely get wiped or, like, Argentina will wipe the floor with them. But you yeah. never know. It could it could be one of those games where it's a frustration. Um, they'll probably sit back, look to hit on the counter. They've got, like... Um, Duke up top, who's a bit of a unit who can hold the ball up. So that's what they're gonna like, they're gonna have to play to that strength. But you you can't see them getting any further, can you? I mean, it's they've done very well to get to this uh, stage. Two clean sheets in their last two games, um, which obviously is the way you do well in tournaments is by not conceding goals. And they've just nicked goals in both games. Um, Duke's goal in the first like uh, in their first win was a lovely little flicks header. And then Lecky with a very nice finish last night as well. So it is good to see them getting this far. I saw their, like, the scenes in Melbourne at like three o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> as people were out there throwing drinks and flares going off. Uh, that's the sort of stuff that the World Cup's about. Yeah, there's de- there was definitely no narcotics whatsoever, given they're all up and partying at three in the morning. Absolutely nothing, nothing whatsoever. Just high <laughs> on life. High on life. Uh, is that what they call the little white powder now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we're really glad to see Australia go through. And I I, I mean, after watching them against France, I think Argentina are going to do the same to them. Argentina are just going to rip them to shreds. But stranger things have happened. Yeah. Now, Group E, we're playing the final games tonight. And same for Group F. And both of them are really, really interesting. I'm, uh, so let's talk about Group E first. And as it stands, Spain on four points, Japan on three points, Costa Rica on three points, Germany on one point. All of these teams can go through and all of these teams can go out. Wouldn't it be brilliant is after well, after we've spoken so much about Spain and how great they are if they lose today and end up going out? I mean, it would be very funny. Mm. Um, they if Japan and Costa Rica both win their games and they'll get <laughs> Spain and Germany. Worth, worth a couple of quid? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Spain obviously absolutely destroyed Costa Rica and then they were by far the better team for most of that game against Germany as well. Uh, they just obviously conceded late on to, to keep Germany in the tournament and Japan lost losing to Costa Rica after beating Germany is just, I don't know, it's typical football, isn't it, really? But I think they will both consider themselves favourites. It's in their own hands. They both win, they both go through. I feel like Germany will really be coming out with a point to prove and they could easily sort of put four or five past Costa Rica. Um, they have got a lot of talent in that side still, like the likes of Nabry, obviously Jamal Musayala. Um, gutted he didn't pick England, but that would just be another headache of another player we've got to fit into our attacking uh, formation. So 
it'll be interesting. They made quite a few changes um, in their last game. Habits dropped out, so Muller played through the centre. Be interesting to see if he potentially comes back into this side. But I mean, yeah, you can't really see anything else than Spain and Germany going through now, can you? Yeah, you'd expect so. I mean, Japan. They just kind of fell apart at the end against Costa, Costa Rica, and it's a shame because it was very much in their own hands. They could have put themselves through, but no, no joy. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Germany game because I can just see Germany 1-0 up, 90 plus four minutes. Kai Havertz loses the ball. Costa Rica counterattack, score a last-minute goal, put Germany out of the World Cup. It's all Kai Havertz's fault. He's a terrible footballer. I've been telling you this for a long time. You have. I mean, you were the first among Kai Havertz hate, hate club. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, another really finely poised group is Group F. Unfortunately, Canada are out. We're all quite sad about that. But Croatia, Morocco and Belgium all have a shot of going through. You've got to say, Belgium are probably most likely to go out at the moment. They're playing Croatia. Uh, Morocco just had to get a win against Canada. So... You'd expect Morocco to go through, then it's almost going to be a straight shootout with Croatia and Belgium. Yeah, it seems like that's going to be the case. And it, I, th- I feel like it would be typical with the amount of column inches that have been written about Belgium and the falling apart of their golden generation. And there's rifts in the squad that they'd go out and win 3 0 in this game or something yeah, like that. Um, Morocco, you can't see losing anything to Canada. They are still yet to concede a goal under their manager uh, and it's seven games in charge now. Mm. So, I mean, Canada are a fun, exciting team with a couple of good players and a lot of hard workers, but it, they've just fallen short um, defensively when it mattered against Croatia and, and sort of really fell off a cliff in that second half. It'd be good if they could come away with this tournament with at least a point because I feel like they deserve it um, just for the excitement of the football that they've played. Uh, and it's, They have been in, a, a joy to watch in both games as far as I'm concerned. So hopefully they can get something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Croatia and Belgium. They're both over the hill a bit, aren't they? Yeah, I just feel like Croatia have got that little bit more about them still, mm. whereas if you believe reports in, in the press, like the Belgium squad really aren't getting on well. Certain people aren't talking to other people and that is never a good sign, is it, really? That was like, um, was it 2006 or 2008 with Deschamps of France? Uh, it wasn't 2006 because that was the Lampard ghost goal tournament oh yeah it might have been 2010 when like the french squad just weren't on talking terms going into the squad and they crashed out in the group stages so this could be that all over again for belgium yeah it certainly looks like it doesn't it brilliant well look uh a really exciting couple of days worth of football to look forward to uh i guess one com- company co- country that's the word i'm looking for one country that's maybe gone a bit under the radar is portugal who are through with two wins I, I just don't like Portugal very much. I just don't like their team. I don't like their squads. I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. He's going to earn a lot of money, though, apparently, if he goes to Alsace. Yeah, I mean, he's going to earn a lot of money and then just retire as a bit of a joke. Um, but they have gone under the radar. They're through to the next round. Uh, is it to say who they're playing yet for winning the group? Um, no, so they'll play whoever comes second in the Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, Serbia group. As long as they win the group, that is, because they could still technically finish second. You'd expect them to at least make the quarterfinals then. Awesome. Well, with that to look forward to, we've got some really good games of football today in particular. We'll be back over the next few days, most likely, because Matt and I have nothing better to do. We're watching the England game together. 
on Sunday, so I may just show up early and we can record a live podcast, but we'll wait and see. That'd be fruity. That'd be awful. Cool. Thank <laughs> you for listening. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at Big at the Back. Yeah, you can find us individually. Um, I am at Higgins92. Tom is at Tom Madden92. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, all that goodness. Um, leave us a review on any of your podcast platforms as well. It'd be much appreciated. Um, if you want to hear more terrible football opinions from me, um, you can also find me on the Pretty Bubbles podcast. We've been doing World Cup specials as well. Um, so you can hear me repeat myself if you want. That'd be fun. Maybe we should do a joint World Cup special. Um, get Jamie on this one as well. Awesome. Thank you all very much. We'll look forward to speaking again in a few days.